Hey, hey, we're back to our usual Bench Bro Sports Podcast back on Mondays. We're glad you could join us today as we're a bunch of sports junkies debating about the hottest topics going around in the world of sports. I'm Wesley Splane. Brandon Farrell is here. Anthony Fertini is here. Jordan Fiskowskis is back after his month celebration of the Lakers winning the championship. Guys, what's going on? Guys, what's up? What up, everybody? We back. Jordan, how was your Lakers celebration? Uh, it was good. It was it was a good month. It was it, it, honestly like it felt surreal for a little bit, but now we're back to business, as you guys know. NBA free agency is in full swing, so it's really all about looking towards the next season and seeing if the Lakers can build a team that can uh, repeat. Did you go Jr. style or? Nah, <laughs> I was I wasn't that crazy, but I, I did have some champagne. I did have uh, I did have a couple of days off where I, I I got to celebrate. But it, it's kind of like the Nick Saban thing, where it's like. He's celebrating, but he's already looking towards like the next season. So that's how I feel about it. And uh, you know, I'm ready to get to get back to it, and I'm ready for the NBA to be back in a month. Oh, that's right. It is in a month. It is. Yeah, literally a month today. So I, there's no, there's not a lot of time to waste in this situation. So you kind of have to get back to it, and we've got to get back at it. I mean, we kind of bet the heat. So we kind of helped you there. Yeah, no, we... trust, trust me. I, I, look, Wes, I love you, but I remember when you were like, hey, I'll have you on when the Lakers lose to the Heat. And I, <laughs> I bookmarked it. I know. I, I bookmarked that at the time. I was like, no big deal. Like, I'm focused on the playoffs, like, whatever. And, uh, you know, Lakers obviously took care of business. And, uh, you know, they, they were just a better team. Like, Miami wasn't fully healthy. The Lakers were completely healthy, and they took advantage of that. And, you know, it's going to be a very fun and interesting year. But, yeah, trust me, I, I bookmarked your comments. Don't you worry. Oh, I'm sure you did. A little at extra motivation. Plus, me and Brandon have been literally cursing every single team in that whole entire playoff run. It's it's insane. We cursed the Clippers. We cursed, cursed the Mavs, the Nuggets, everybody. Yep, exactly. All right, well, let's get into some NFL before we get into the NBA free agency. It was week 11 today, and speaking to Jordan B on the show, his Brownies had a big win against the Philadelphia Eagles. They won 22-7, 7-3. Seven, seven Who would expect the Browns to be 7-3 and three right now? So yeah, um, Baker. Yeah, they're 7-3. and three. Um, I mean, if we're being completely honest, the seven wins haven't been, like, astronomical in any way. They haven't. Against some of the best teams, they got blown out against the Ravens and the Steelers and then lost a, a very close but crappy weather game to the Raiders. So it's not like the Browns have had a lot of competitive wins, but I mean, like, I think the point is they've, they've realized that they have one thing going for them positively, which is the running game. And that's with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who are two of the probably, if you combine them, are two of the best 10 running backs in the league. So they've found the strategy of deploying them out and just their goal is to kill clock every game run possession for about 35 to 45 minutes and then try to win very tight games. So they've been able to establish that. The key is, will they obviously be able to do it against the Ravens, the Steelers, and other contending AFC teams moving forward? Um, but, you know, for now, like I said, it, it, it's good to be at least in the pole position for the playoffs. Well, speaking about the Ravens, they're out of the playoffs right now after they lost to Tennessee in overtime on a Derrick Henry game-winning touchdown. They won 30-24 to in Baltimore. Patriots lost to the Texans pretty much. The Patriots' playoff hopes are diminishing really fast. Uh, another overtime victory. This one was the Indianapolis Colts getting it done against the Green Bay Packers. Very exciting game. And another exciting game, surprisingly, was the Dallas Cowboys getting the victory over the Minnesota Vikings 31-28. to Tons of other stuff too. Steelers remain undefeated, twenty-seven to three over the Jags. 
They got a big Thursday night showdown on Thanksgiving night against Baltimore. Uh, Joe Burrow went down with a gruesome ACL injury. He's going to be done for the year as Washington beat the Bengals. Um, Dolphins. We... Dolphins were hot, and then they ran into my steaming hot Broncos, who've been garbage lately. But the Broncos ended up beating the Dolphins twenty to thirteen. So, hey guys, if you want to join the conversation, go ahead. What were your thoughts about Week Eleven? So, the last time that the Cleveland Browns beat the Eagles was nineteen ninety four. They this these two teams obviously don't play often. It was 2000, and then every four years since then, 2004, 2008, 2012, 2016, 2020. So it may seem like a very long time, but they haven't played much. But I mean, as you're, you're, you're a Browns fan, right? That's what Wes said. Yep. So yep. that must feel great to be, um, to see, to witness that, because it's probably been almost since you were born as well i mean that's a long 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 time it's been a long time <laughs> yeah especially if you so, live in the philadelphia area you got to hear about it like oh you're just the brownies who cares and then it's like oh yeah, yeah well we care well, now believe me believe me the As, eagles fans were not happy today for the team that, I, <laughs> that we watched play the game they were very frustrated by the end of the regulation and Philly always has a good team every year. I mean, they, they've been pretty productive over the years, obviously, with a Super Bowl. Um, but, yeah, that's – I mean, that's great for the Browns being 7-3 and three with Baker, and they're, they're, they're playing great football. Um, going back to the Joe Burrow injury, I'm pretty sure it was his knee. Yeah. Um, that looked pretty, pretty bad. So, um, I didn't really watch too, too much today. I'm really packed with school and stuff, but uh, – sucks to see him go out like that especially when he's you know his first year in the game but he'll bounce back and um have a great season next year and come back hungrier um what else we got here we got panthers shutting out the lions that was pretty incredible and the steelers steelers are 10-0 one thing i didn't realize this year is the patriots are gonna suck so bad at four and six they are not good and yeah steelers they're only undefeated team right now i agree and i'll say like like obviously, like you got to give credit where credit's due with the Steelers for being ten and zero because to be ten and zero in the NFL is not a very, a, a very small achievement. I mean, they, they had to work very hard to get to that point. However, I will say it almost feels like, and I don't mean this in a negative way, it feels like an afterthought because the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are rolling at a very high level right now. Mahomes is playing, you know, better than he was at his MVP back two years ago. So it kind of stinks for Pittsburgh because no matter what they do, they, they I mean, to be honest, like they could go 16-0 in the regular season and still be underdogs against the Chiefs or some other teams in the AFC, which, again, is not their fault, but just the fact that, like, they aren't playing to the level. Even though the Chiefs have one loss, they're not playing quite to that level right now. It's crazy to me that Steelers are 10-0, but they're not winning these games by – they're not winning good games. They're winning by, like, three, four, five, six, seven points. They're not really – blowing out any team um, besides when they played your Browns back in October, but mm-hmm. they're just right. not really playing Even against well. the Cowboys, they didn't blow out the Cowboys. I mean, it took them to the fourth quarter to have the lead against them. They played exactly. well against Jacksonville today, but Jacksonville was without a lot of starters, you know, too. So the their big test will obviously be, you know, against Baltimore next week on a Thursday night, short week, mm-hmm. see how they respond. But, you know, they definitely have, uh, you know, a couple holes in their game that they're going to be looking to tighten up. You know, their defense is very good. I think the Minka Fitzpatrick trade 
has been very valuable for them over the last year. Um, but we'll see if their offense can compete come playoff time against, you know, the Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill, that whole Kansas City spread. That's going to be their biggest challenge. Yeah, that, that if it comes down to that, that's going to shake them up a bit. I'm really just upset that uh, Joe, <clears throat> my man Joe Burrow went down with an ACL injury. Um, it sucks seeing a rookie quarterback go down. Uh, I guess, what, 10, 11 weeks into the season? Um, well, now Cincinnati knows they got to protect the guy. I, I mean, yeah, of course, you got to protect your rookie quarterback. I mean, you can't you can't bring in a rookie quarterback expecting to play so well and not have an offensive line. Yeah, I mean, that's he was why getting people killed. Throw, well, that's why let, people throw shit at Daniel Jones. He's got no offensive line. They just left him out there, Joe Burrow, to just suffer. He just got – it was like all – everybody on the D-line just coming right after him. There were and numerous on, times where Chase Young was right in his lap. Well, again, I think Washington has one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. Um, besides the rest of their team being pretty bad. Um, yeah. They definitely have one of the best defensive lines. Um, and I'll just make a, a quick point. I'm, I'm really surprised that the Lions got shut out by the Panthers. Um, I know. <laughs> that, that really caught my attention this week. The Lions just got shut out by the Panthers. And the Lions are a team that's staying pretty much almost every game. Mm-hmm. Which and it wasn't been true. it wasn't Teddy yeah. Bridgewater. It was PJ Walker, the XFL uh, guy. It's <laughs> and no Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, even better. Shows the show, man. Today's game, you have one or two excellent players, and they could take your team to a Super Bowl. It kind of sucks. Like I, I really don't like it because Wes, obviously, you know, in the NHL, is you need to have a well balanced team if you want to win games. In the NFL, it just seems like you have a handful of guys that can really just push the ball upfield and they can, you know, lead your team to a winning season. Correct. And then now, Brandon, also, I think every single team in the NFC East now has three wins. They're they're back in the club. It's that stupid tie that Philly has that well, is, like, keeping them ahead. Well, I'll tell you what. The Giants have the Bengals coming up next week, and the Bengals Uh-oh. don't have Joe Burrow. So there you go. Giants are going to be – Four wins, and they're going to take that division. They're going to be on top of that division by next week. What? It's Ryan Finley, who's the backup QB, I think, for uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, the Giants are probably going to eat him up alive. Yeah, with that defense, for sure. Which, who would have thought we would have said that at the beginning of the year with this Giants defense? But it's turning out to be going in their favor with Philly's hard schedule. Cowboys, you have no idea what they're going to be like. And Washington's just very inconsistent at times. Mm-hmm. Let's go Jets. 0-10, baby. Yeah, Flacco can't play worth a damn. Jets can't Can we play. Even... Well, they can't. Yeah, you're right. They just can't. They Nothing. I mean, Justin Herbert's the real deal. He's probably going to win rookie of the year now. Wait, wait. What's that there, bud? Say it again, near Jay that? Jay Herbie, your guy. Yeah, he's, that's because uh, Ant, that's that's because Anthony prodigy. coached him. Let's not get. Oh yeah, it's because Ant coached, coached him up, right? Yeah, I, I was a personal trainer one on one. Yeah, <laughs> coached him to throw those tight windows. Yeah, I worked on all his footwork, his, his throwing mechanics, everything. Man, I'm not going to take credit. I don't want to take credit, but I did work <laughs> with him. I'll leave it at that. So, so like, um, who we think is going to be in Tampa for the Super Bowl right now? We're, we're 11 weeks in. We've got a clear idea of who these teams are. Jordan, I'll give you first since uh, 
this is your first time back in a while. Who do you think is the clear front runner for going to Tampa, Florida in Super Bowl 55? I mean, that's a great question. I mean, I think first off, I think the AFC is, I, I hate to throw the word like guarantee or lock around, but I feel like the Chiefs are the, the heads on favorite right now. Um, obviously, that can change if Baltimore, uh, Pittsburgh or some other teams, you know, catch up. But I feel like Mahomes is playing at such a level right now that the Chiefs have to be the favorite until otherwise, you know, it changes. So that's pretty much a lock. And then who's going to be playing them? The NFC is very, it, it, it's, I don't want to say a mess because a mess implies that it's very, it's naked. wide open. Yeah. It's wide open. Yeah. It's, I think wide open is a very good word. And you have, you know, I, I'm a big Aaron Rodgers guy, although the Packers did lose in Indy today, but I, I'm still a big Aaron Rodgers guy. If they could, you know, if Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams just stay healthy, those guys can make a push at it. You obviously have the Saints if Drew Brees can come back, although he's going to be out for three weeks. So if he can come back, they can be very healthy and be obviously very good at it if Michael Thomas is there. Um, is he going to come back with 11 fractured ribs, though? It, it, and a, a collapsed lot. lung? Yeah, you're, you're asking a lot of him to come back. <laughs> With that injury he, at, at his age as well, it's, I would. Yeah, very, he's like forty years old. I would not play. Yeah, no, it, it's it's not like a, it's not a, a shut in stone type of case where you can be like, oh, Drew, like, you can't say like Drew Brees will be back and it'll be fine. Period. End of sentence. Like it's going to be Drew Brees is going to be back. Will they be okay? Will he he and Michael Thomas connect? Like that'll be the whole point of their offense. And Plus, Taysom Hill played about. pretty well today too. I watched some of that game. He had some couple of like lazy throws, but he did they? There were won, a lot. So. Of, there were a lot of critics on Taysom Hill, and again, I don't try to get involved to, into it too much. But I thought Taysom Hill played pretty well today. You know, everyone was complaining about you know Jameis Winston not starting, but at the same time, he also led the league in picks last year. So you have to take that for what it's worth as well. So Taysom mm-hmm. Hill did, did, you know, he, he came in, did a job, as they say in the NFL, and, and filled a role. Um, you have him, you have the Vikings, you have, you know, Seattle. I think Russell Wilson is, you know, obviously they've fallen off in the last couple of weeks. You know, they lost two of their last three before beating Arizona. But at the same time, you know, he's a guy who's one of the best players in the NFL when he's on his game. So the NFC is very wide open. If I had to, like, if you had, if you said, like, you know, put money on it right now, I would say, I would say Seattle and Kansas City. But at the same time, I also know that that, could change within the next week or so and we could have you know i think kansas is a safe bet but we could have a very different nfc team come you know super bowl sunday so it's, it's a very up in the air nfc right now mm-hmm. honestly i i don't really i always do my own kind of thing but i honestly agree with what jordan said i would just going straight to the point i would go kansas city seattle um and i'm saying that because i want to start with the afc first I think the Bills are a great, solid team. Super Bowl-wise, I don't think so. And anybody else in the AFC East is not going to make the Super Bowl. Going out to the AFC North, you got Pittsburgh pretty much, and then Baltimore sitting at 6-4, and four, which could be tough in the playoffs. I don't think the Steelers are going to prevail in the postseason this year. I don't know. I just I don't buy this whole 10-0. and 0. Going to the AFC South, you have Titans in there is the only team that really stands out to me. They know how to win clutch games, and they may just be just as hungry to come back this year because last year, obviously, we know what happened when they weren't able to get past the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the AFC West, I mean, the Chiefs sitting at 8-1. and one. That's the only team in that, that uh, division right there that can, you know, I think bring it back to a Super Bowl. So I'd have to pick them with the way things are going right now, them, uh, the Chiefs, and then we move on to the NFC East, which there is no contenders in there. Simply put, sorry, Brandon. Um, NFC North, you got the Packers, but I just don't really buy them too well either right now this year. 
Um, the South, you got the Saints. I can't see them getting to a Super Bowl without Drew Brees, especially this time of the year where he, he's hurt. Um, to bounce back at his age with um, collapsed lung and a bunch of bruised ribs or broken ribs, whatever he's got, is very difficult. I don't care what type of training you're getting, but aging will wear on you. And then Tom Brady, I mean, they're sitting and sitting uh, seven and three, but can't, do they have what it takes to make the Super Bowl? I did pick them at first, but it's very questionable if they will make it to a Super Bowl because we know how competitive the NFL can be on both sides of the ball. And then you move down, Seahawks are seven and three, but I love Russell Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll. They've been together for a long time. We know what they can do, um, and they're a lethal team in the postseason as well. So I'd have to take the Chiefs and the Seahawks. I don't. <laughs> I I don't know, man. I I mean, I would say Chiefs as a safe bet in the AFC, but NFC, I have absolutely no idea. There's no team that looks so that looks promising to me. I, I don't want to say Seattle. I don't want to say New Orleans, and I don't want to say Green Bay. Uh, it's just I'd rather take an NFC wild card team right now, just the way the NFC looks. I'm just, um, there's nothing wrong. I, I want to conf- like I I said Seattle, but I think that's also a very safe play to be like you don't know who's going to come out because it, like, the NFC is and so that's wide what I wanna, it, it I is. It's definitely is I a safe pick. pick. I, yeah. I want to confirm literally is that I'm just going off by picking out of a hat with Seattle. I want to confirm that right off the bat because you are right about that, Brando. Whereas there's nobody that's really promising, but. When you have Russell Wilson on your team, Pete Carroll is your coach. I mean, you can have Tom Brady on your team, but who's his coach? You know, you got to have that that d- dynamic duo there. So that's the only one that really sticks out to me. And like I said, with Drew Brees being injured, I don't know what's going to happen with that. But you're not backing up your Cardinals pick, Cardinals, bud. <laughs> Who was that, me? Eh? No, 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 no. Come on, boss. You know we said bold bold prediction. Obviously, Joe Burrow is out right now. Joe Burrow is out, so there's my one pick. Kyler Murray. I know the betting odds have Kyler Murray at like plus <laughs> plus seven hundred right now for MVP. And even though he lost on Thursday, I think Kyler Murray for MVP has great value right now because the Cardinals are playing well. Even though they lost Thursday, they played a tight competitive game. Like I know Mahomes is the favorite and he should be, but I think like for those quote-unquote gamblers out there, you could still get a lot of value for Kyler Murray for MVP right now because he, I think he's a, he's a decently he's – he's more of a second place than people realize right now. Yeah. And the Cardinals are playing I just hope- better than people realize. I mean, they have – their offense is loaded, man. You have Edmonds, you have Drake, you have Larry Fitzgerald, you have uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who's one of the two or three best you know, receivers in the league. You have, you know, um, Christian Kirk. Like, you have a – that's a set off. Murray is playing phenomenal right now. It's kind of hard with hope- Patrick Mahomes with uh, 24 touchdowns and one interception. That's going to be oh, hard yeah. to like. I mean, balance. like I said, like nobody, nobody talks about Mahomes, and Mahomes is playing phenomenal football. And again, we, we're 10 minutes away from the start of the Chiefs Raiders, and I, I mean, I could be completely wrong, but I think the Chiefs are going to demolish them tonight, and I think we're going to see you know full Patrick Mahomes on display. Right. But okay. you know, either way. Mahomes is playing phenomenal football, so I understand the reasons why he should be the MVP favorite. I don't argue that. I'm just saying, like, very close. Like, if Mahomes slips up, Murray is right there, and he deserves yeah, to be true. right there to take that spot. I think Kyler Murray is going to have a great long career uh, if he stays in Arizona. But it just worries me a little bit with the way the quarterbacks are going this um, in this day and age with uh, just the way they scramble. And I just don't want to see him turn into, like, an RG3 where he just – 
he's throwing his body into stuff and just risking it and getting hurt because if a 290 pound a 6'4", 290 pound man hits a 5'11", or 6 foot 200 pound guy, I don't care how much you bench, squat, clean snatch, whatever that amount of mass that's coming at you at the speed that these guys can run is going to do some serious damage and whether it's coming head on or uh, you know, someone gets tripped up and a knee goes to the head or something like that, you're going to get hurt. So that's the only thing that concerns me with him. There's a one, there's one team about like back to the Super Bowl topic. There's one team that wasn't mentioned that I just want to throw out there. And I think this is incredible value to win the NFC uh, two for like gambling. And that's the Los Angeles Rams. They could be that team that they're top 10 in offense, they're top 10 in defense. They could be that team that is like one of those wildcard teams that ends up going into Green Bay and winning, going into New Orleans and winning, going into Seattle or wherever and winning. Like they have legit, they have a ball hawking corner and Jalen Ramsey, really good secondary, really good linebackers. Then they got Aaron Donald up front with um, Leonard Floyd up there. And then also their offense is pretty loaded. It just depends on how Jared Goff plays. Losing Andrew Whitworth kind of worries me on the offensive mm-hmm. line. I mean, 15-year oh, yeah. vet oh, as yeah. offensive tackle. And, like, boss. so many people respect. Yeah, he's such a Absolute boss. boss. I love – he's one of my favorite – I don't talk about offensive linemen much, but, like, he is one of my favorite players. Yeah. I just want to throw the Rams out there. So, like, if you're really interested in getting, like, a team that's really good – to me, they're the more complete team in the NFC right now. They're the most complete team. But – I just wanted to throw them out there. Just you're, you're gonna you're gonna hate me, Wes, and and this is I guess what they would consider a quote unquote. You're gonna bet the Broncos to win the Super Bowl. Let's go! Not a chance. No Dolphins. Baby. Not on this. I, I, lo- I like Drew Locke, but not a chance. No, I I think I think that everything you said about the Rams defense is correct. I think they have a very good defense. Andrew Donald's you know an absolute savage and someone that everyone should fear week he, to week. He's got- he got footwork like a running back. Oh yeah, he's he's absolutely phenomenal, and I, I cannot say a bad thing about him. I think Jared Goff is—I'll say it—I think Jared Goff is hot garbage, and I think that week to week, not only could he not win you a game, he could be very you know mediocre and not win you the game. I think there are many weeks where he could be very bad and lose you games as well, and that includes the playoffs. And he's just not a guy that like I would I wouldn't but he trust could win a game I too. Wouldn't tr- I wouldn't trust my playoff. Like if I'm Sean McVay, like. Sean McVay's never going to say it, obviously, because he's their head coach. If I were him, I'd be like, I can't trust Goff in the playoffs, like, whatsoever. I know I know they went to the Super Bowl. I know they played New England. I get it. Like, I'm not arguing that point. But, like, I don't trust him in super big games. Like, I, he's not a guy where I can be like, hey, I need you to get me 300 yards and three touchdowns tonight. Like, you can't ask him to do that and actually expect a realistic I, response. So, I, I, I just don't trust the Rams. I think the thing with Jared Goff is it it's all comes down to how the coach wants to use them because they beat Seattle and yet they lost to the Dolphins. And I know the Dolphins are up and coming team now with Tua, but you can't lose to Miami and then beat the Seahawks. And it wasn't by a lot, but he threw over 300 yards against Seattle and then had two picks with the Dolphins. And it's not that's like Miami Jared, has an amazing that's the Jared Goff effect. Exactly what you're sa- exactly what you're saying is these is the inconsistency. But yet they won, and he didn't throw for any touchdowns against that Seattle game. So it really just comes down to how um, how they want to use him, pretty much, and what type of style they want to they want to play against their opponent. Right. Um, but when it does come down to him personally, he's got to be more consistent. I think inside him he has it, but 
Um, he's just not showing it. Yeah, Brandon, last thoughts, and then we'll move on. Giants in the Super Bowl. Simple hey, they, they're the one team in the NFC East that could win a playoff game. They're the only ones that could. It's Giants uh, and Jets. I, I don't. I, I'll be honest. I, I everything is wide open right now. Steelers are ten and zero, but there's so many holes in that friggin' team. It's it, they haven't blown anybody out, and they haven't won any big games. I read an article actually that said they're the best. Uh, they're the worst undefeated team in the NFL. I agree. And I yeah, I kind of agree too. After, Wait, who's after that? Thinking about it, yeah, the Steelers. Oh, worst undefeated. Yeah. Yeah, That's what because I'm they're, they're not, they're not blowing anybody out. Yeah, and uh, just... I was high on them at first, but now that I kind of think about it, they're not that great of a team, and they're definitely vulnerable if they play a really good team like the if Chiefs. They, if they had Big Ben from, like, 2006, like, I feel like it'd be a very different conversation. Oh, yeah, I, absolutely. Like Paul Amalo. Yeah, exactly. If they had Troy, like, Shrine Jay Zier. But the fact, like, they have a very good defense. I don't think that's, like, debatable. Like, <laughs> I think if Fitzpatrick was a very good trade for them and they've on that like very highly but the fact that you have big ben at his age you have james connor and betty snow who are like very good but not like you can't like trust them to go out and guarantee you 100 yards every game and then their receivers are very good but again you're relying on to get you the ball and i just i don't know if at this stage in his career if he can be completely guaranteed to get you the ball accurately every game but let's take a look at the teams that were known over the years to be some solid teams the, in the AFC right here. So in playing against the Steelers, you have the Ravens sitting at six and four. They can do some damage behind them. You have the Dolphins at six and four, which Pittsburgh is most likely going to beat them. You have the Broncos have that have been a solid organization over the past, um, you know, whatever. That's was, very generous so. of you, Ant. <laughs> no, you guys want, you guys made the Super Bowl Peyton Manning and stuff. And right. Yeah. 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 Not recently and, though. No. And you're sitting at four and six and then you got the Patriots who are known to make it to the Super Bowl every year, every single year. And they're sitting at four and six chargers, which are uh, three and seven. I mean, you got these teams that are sitting at the bottom here that Pittsburgh has to play at some point or has played. I have, I guess they're not you, but yeah. blowing out these teams at all they're just winning games i mean at the end of the day that's what it takes you just gotta win games but it doesn't doesn't make it like secure like yeah they're really good no i, I agree with you yeah i mean like i said there are definitely okay. holes in the steelers offense um and, and again like if you have you know if you go back in time like a decade they're probably the, the heads on favorite but like i don't even they could they could go like i don't think they will but they could go 16 and 0 and I'd still pick the Chiefs and potentially another team over them very confidently in the playoffs because, like, that's just how they've been playing. Um, so, that, I mean, that's just how it is right now. It, it, it's not the Steelers' fault. They're not doing anything wrong. They're just not, you know, playing necessarily up to the highest level that they could. So, it, and that's how football goes. I mean, you could, how many times do we see guys and teams that play undefeated up until the last couple of weeks? The Col- I mean, I'm, I used to be a Peyton Manning fan. You know, Colts did it a couple of years where they were 14-0, 14-1 going into the last couple of seasons. But it, it didn't matter until you took that last break and played for the playoffs. So, you know, it's, it's a very – it's a tricky situation. The NFL is so different than every other sport. Like, you have to be playing your best football going into the playoffs. And that includes the last two or three weeks of the year. And I, I just don't know if Pittsburgh can be doing that at the level that they need to to beat uh, Kansas City. I think I, – again, I think Kansas City is like the team to beat. So, I don't know if they can do that going into the end of the year. Yeah, after Thanksgiving, that's when the NFL intensifies. But let's move on to an offseason on the NBA court, which Jordan can really say 
Uh, come to my world for a little tough. bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll start off with uh, Clay Thompson getting some discomforting news that he suffered a Achilles injury and he'll be out for the 2020-2021 year. Uh, he was coming back after tearing his ACL in the finals in 2019, so it's kind of unfortunate news for Warrior fans and Clay Thompson. But to begin, begin off of uh, trade talks, Al Horford is out of the 76ers and he's two to thunder. And it was an exchange for Danny Green, who got traded later on. Uh, where did Danny Green end up? He ended up uh, Oklahoma City, right? Yeah, from from the Lakers to Oklahoma City to the Sixers. That's what it was. I mean, that's a lot. But anyway, um, <laughs> Seth Curry was traded to Philadelphia, added on to that in exchange for Josh Richardson. So Josh Richardson is in Dallas. Um, Anthony Edwards was the first pick in the 2020 NBA draft, followed by um, ja- James. Is it Winslow? Uh, yeah, Wiseman. James Wiseman, then Lamelo. Lamelo to the Hornets. So James Wiseman will be on the Warriors. Hopefully they'll help it out. And then the Raptors made news that they're going to be in Tampa, Florida. Dwight Howard is going to Philadelphia. Montrez <laughs> Harold is going to the Lakers. De'Aaron Fox signed a uh, Supermax with the Sacramento Kings. Marcus Morris is back with the Clippers. Uh, scrolling through here. New Orleans is trading uh, Drew Holiday to Milwaukee. Yep. And then also Steven Adams is going to go to the Pelicans. So a lot of movement. Gordon Hayward going to the Hornets. Van Van Lee resigned with the Raptors. There's a lot of movement going on. Rondo going to the Hawks. Uh, kind of quiet too. Serge Ibaka going to the Clippers is big. I'll give it to uh, Jordan first, and Brandon can chime in. What are the biggest moves so far of free agency in the draft? Yeah, so I think it's very interesting. To, like obviously we talk about the NFL and like, the MLB and stuff, but I feel like the NBA has they have the title when it comes to biggest free agency because like no matter what the the mlb and the nfl and, and the nhl does like everyone focuses on the nba for at least two or three days when their free agency starts and that's how it was are you like so free agency started at six o'clock on friday and i stared at my twitter for like four and a half hours and just like refreshed and <laughs> saw all the deals now literally like, i was so sick of my phone at the end but it was worth it because you saw all the deals um obviously i mean i'm a, I'm a lakers fan coming on the podcast but they did a great job maneuvering to trade Danny Green and a first round pick to get Dennis Roder, who's the, the he was second in the voting for six man of the year. They then go out and sign Montrez Harrell for a discount because he's a clutch agent like LeBron. They get him for a you know a significant discount and he was the reigning six year. So the Lakers retooled on their end. Um, you have obviously the Sixers for all the Philly fans out there. They added some shooting. They added Seth Curry and they added Danny Green to you know proverbial quote unquote snipers. Uh, got rid of the Al Horford contract, which is huge for them because he was kind of a dud in their lineup last year. Um, and then you have the Thunder, who are basically they're tanking, but they're not like they they're going to be competitive next year. But Sam Presti also has 19 first round picks in the next six drafts. So Insane. He, he I, I, I will tell you here now and like bookmark it, you know, save it, whatever you want to do. Sometime in the next two to three years, he will package like six of those picks plus a decent player and he'll get a star. Like that's that's the end game with all this draft pick creating is that you build all these guys, you know, you build all these draft picks together. You have like a somewhat decent player and then you ship him off to another team for a star, much like. Presti did when he traded James Harden to Houston. They added all these assets, they added all these draft picks, and then they eventually made the move for James Harden. So look for that in the next couple of years. You know, Sam Presti's playing, they always say like he's playing chess, not checkers. He's playing the long game. 
Um, and then the Clippers. I mean, they, they lost Montrezl Harrell, signed Serge Ibaka, great deal for them. The Bucks all get Bogdanovich in that trade. It kind of fell apart. They've done a good job signing DJ Augustine and a couple other guys. So it, it's been a very interesting offseason. I think the best teams in the league have gotten better, um, including the Lakers and the Bucks, who are the kind of the proverbial favorites to get to the finals next year. Um, but the Clippers, the Sixers, the Nuggets, like they've all made their moves too. So it's going to be a very competitive NBA season. It's only going to be 72 games, which is going to be a drop off from the normal 82. But I think it's going to be a very competitive, you know, regular season, and and we're going to see a lot of teams, uh, you know, trying to battle it out for the title. Come, I think it's going to be like July now, so it's going to be it's going to be a unique year. But I think it's going to be a very very exciting NBA season. I'm just happy that Philly made the moves that they made. I don't know if I'm crazy about the Danny Green trade. Um, you should you shouldn't be you shouldn't be like like Danny Green's not someone that you should like celebrate about. But the fact that they could that Daryl Morey, who is a respected like NBA GM, like he's like a very like analytics driven guy. The fact that he came into Philly and within two weeks got rid of Al Horford, Josh Richardson, and got Seth Curry, Danny Green, and a couple of draft picks. I think that's a win for itself within Philly because that lineup, the way they had it, was very stagnant. It was not going to win them a lot of playoff games, and so now. I'm not guaranteeing that Philly is going to win playoff games, but they put themselves in a different position to have a chance. In you know, he should at least be commended for that because Daryl, whether he's successful or not, is going to take the swings at the fences. He may not always hit, but he's going to at least you know take. He's going to make the attempt, and then that's kind of what it's about in this game. Well, I'm definitely happy that they got Daryl Morey um, from the Rockets. Uh, seeing what he did with the Rockets, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy they got rid of Horford. Um, and they traded for some guys that could that could shoot the ball because like, that's what they need. They haven't had shooters um, since they got rid of JJ Redick. Um, hopefully, they could build a team. I mean, Tobias Harris hasn't really been what he was when they had Jimmy Butler on the team. Um, so hopefully, these guys all play well and they gel together, and and they can make another championship run because last year it was kind of just dead weight hanging out on the team. Yeah, and it felt it felt like that too. That Philadelphia was kind of at a dead end with their two stars, and it was like, well, you gotta trade one of them away now. And it seems uh, like they're kind of revamped. The the Horford trade never really. I I, I don't maybe because they wanted some some veteran leadership on the team, but Horford. I mean, I just I didn't understand that trade, but we'll see what. And happens he wasn't played right. He 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 was a five for his whole entire career, and then they moved him to a four, and it just wasn't working out. I have a I have a very strong feeling that you're gonna see like a I'm not saying like an elite level Al Horford, but you're gonna see a much better Al Horford in Oklahoma City this year than you did with Philly last year. But it's not something that Philly can really get upset about because, like you guys said, they played them kind of out of position. The signing was more out of I don't want to say desperation, but it was one of those like we they wanted to try and bolster their defensive lineup with him, Embiid, Simmons, and Richardson, and it just didn't work out. Like they they to their credit went for it last year, it didn't work. But I think I think there's a world where Al Horford still has a lot of game left, and he's still going to be a very valuable contributor to Oklahoma City. But it it wasn't going to work at Philly. Like they, Philly was not the ideal destination for him. But the fact that you flipped him and some other guys, and you got Seth Curry, who's an absolute sniper, obviously the brother of uh, Steph Curry, and then you have Danny Green, who although he struggled for my Lakers and kind of frustrated me at times, 
I feel like he's still a marksman in his own right and is going to shoot at least, like at minimum, he's going to shoot 37, 38% from three for the year, which is better than, you know, Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris. Like, it's better than a lot of the guys on that roster. So for Philly, yeah. like, the fact that they even made the move is, is, is very significant for them. I don't know how it's going to impact their race to win the East because we still don't know what the Nets are going to do. The Bucks have made some moves in the last couple of days. It's just going to be a very interesting East all year. I think the West is like weirdly more settled than the East because I think the Lakers have made enough moves to retain the one seed and the East is going to be more up in the air, but it's, it's going to be a very interesting East. And I, I'm kind of, I was excited, but I'm just intrigued to see what Philly can do with their new lineup, with their new coach, that, with their new general manager. That's going to be a very interesting piece to see what they do. The Lakers are the one that surprised me the most that they were able to make so many moves and get that Oklahoma City guard. I always butcher his name, but he's Dennis, such Dennis, a Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder. Yeah, <laughs> he's such a solid piece, dude. He, and like he's that's what the Lakers kind of needed. They needed another facilitator. He, He's a facilitator. He's a great shooter. He's a great spot up shooter, which is obviously with, like the. It's not about being like a great shooter on the roll because like everybody can do that. But when you can hit, you know, shots, you can get catch and shoot threes off passes from guys like LeBron and AD who are gonna. Yeah, you don't want different. you don't want AD to be your three point shooter. You want right, someone else exactly. to be that. Yeah, so they they did a great job. I mean, when you can flip Danny Green the first round pick, that's not going to mean anything for Dennis Schroeder. That's and then Montrez Harold on there, and then now they just traded Javale McGee to Cleveland and brought yeah. in Marcus Saul. Like Montrez Harold came out of no. I'm gonna be honest, like you know me, I'm pretty tuned into the Lakers. I read all the articles. I like pay attention to all their stuff. Montrez Harold was never on the radar, and he came out of nowhere. The only reasons I can explain the fact that he went to the Lakers are that, A, he's a clutch client, which is the same. He doesn't want to sell his house. That's what it was. He just wanted to stay <laughs> well, obviously in LA. That, obviously that, but he's, you know, he's a big, he's a clutch client, which means he's the same agent as LeBron. So they were, they were 100% talking together, even if we'll never admit it. Um, and, and the fact that he wanted to stay in LA and still be able to compete for a championship, obviously the Lakers could offer that, um, even if it's at a discount. And then, yeah, the fact that they got Marcus Saul. Marcus Saul, they're getting him at a, a very minimum deal. He was supposed to be going to Spain. Like, all reports said that he was done with the, the NBA and he was going to Spain after this year. He hung around. He wants to go play with LeBron. Him and LeBron, Marcus Saul, even though he's older, has one of the smartest IQs in this league. Him and LeBron in, like, pick and rolls on defense. Like, their ability to read the other the opposing team, like whatever you want to call it, like their strategy and everything, I think it's going to be huge for the Lakers. And I think LeBron, like the chance to play with LeBron was a huge reason for Mark signing with them. So I think the Lakers retooled. They're obviously going to lose. They re-signed Cole Pope. They're going to lose Rondo. They yeah. lost Dwight Howard. Um, they lost a couple, you know, Avery Bradley. A lot of vets. Guys. But I, I think they retooled in a way. Like I was very at the start of free agency. I feel not again, not cocky, but I feel very confident in them right now to very much compete next year for a repeat title. Yeah. Brandon, if you're looking at the NBA landscape now with the hopes of probably the Rockets trading one of these guys, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, is there any smoke behind any of that? Um, I think, I think your chances, your odds are more on Westbrook getting traded in the Harden because as, Flaw like Harden is very talented, and he's obviously a guy who like you're guaranteed. Oh, not like, to mention John Wall too, because John Wall was being thrown well, out. Yeah, there. and and he and he's tied into these rumors. But like, obviously, James Harden is like a top ten player in the league. He's guaranteed to give you thirty seven and seven a game. Like he's a he's a you know superstar in that sense. Even if he has his perennial flaws come playoff time, but I think if you're Houston, 
I think they're going to be in the situation where they're, you know, he has two years left on his deal. They've openly said that they're willing to start the season with him on the roster. And I don't blame them. If I were him, if I were them, I would, I would say, Hey, like, we'll see you for work on the start of training camp because we have you under contract. Like, there may be better offers come a couple months from now, but there's no need for Houston to rush this. Like they for some Brooklyn, they got offers from, you know, Philly, et cetera. There's no need to rush this. If you're Houston, you just take your time and wait for the best offer to come. I think the Westbrook deal is more imminent because John Wall has already decided that he wants out of Washington, which gives him the leverage over the Wizards front office. They didn't expect that. He said, I'm out. I want to be out. So I think that, that Westbrook for wall deal, I'll, I don't want to guarantee it, but I think it gets done. I think it's a good chance it gets done within the next week, week and a half. And I've talked myself into the point where it's a, it's a better deal for Houston because you have John Wall, who's you know he's coming off of an ACL and an Achilles. He's had like two and a half years off. He's fully healthy. He's very motivated to show that he can still play at a high level in this game. And he's a very he's a better defender than Westbrook. He's a better passer than Westbrook. Even though Westbrook averages more assists, it's more of a a numbers thing with Westbrook than is John Wall. And then if John Walken develops some kind of you know jump shot, I think that's going to be beneficial for the for the Rockets. But yeah, I think you're going to see you know again, you're going to see James Harden stay in Houston. He's going to be there for at least until the trade deadline. And then if anything, you're going to see Westbrook traded. And and if they do do a trade, really the only team that can accompany him is going to be John Wall uh, from the Wizards. He's the inside guy, man. I don't. I, I really can't argue any of his points. <laughs> Well, what do you think? Would it would it make sense to make that move if you were Houston? Let me talk you. Let me tell you about the NBA a bit here now. Oh, right. uh, we got the hockey guy so, coming in now. Sure. So look, drop the puck on there. the ice, eh? They gotta <laughs> shoot basketballs into the hoop and win games. That's it. I don't want to hear any complaints in the locker room. Simple. None of that simple. BS. So Keep simple. It simple. Win games. And then get on to the next one, boys. Here we and go. It's that guy who brings his twig out onto the basketball court. <laughs> right. I thought we were playing roller hockey here, boys. Oh, man. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. <laughs> oh, no. Nah, I don't. You guys got this. I mean, <laughs> simply put. Dude, I, I don't know, man. John Wall is. is is a question mark. Yes, he's better at certain things than, than Westbrook, and Westbrook kind of tends to take the game into his own hands when he shouldn't um, instead of being a team player and giving it to the guy with the hot hand. Um, but John Wall, yeah, he's had two years off. I just It's, it's hard to say that he's going to perform as well as he did before he got hurt. Um, and there's rumors of, of, of Harden going to Philly, which I don't think is going to happen. I don't think they have the money for that to sign him. Um, even though Maury is over there, probably working to get him. Um, I, I don't know. I really nuts. don't know. It would I think Philly would explode. But but to have three guys like that, uh, Simmons, um, Embiid, and, and Harden, and then you got key pieces around him like Dwight Howard, Danny Green, um, and, Seth and Curry. Curry. Yeah, I don't. I, they don't have. I don't think they have the cap room to pay all those guys. Yeah, they certainly don't. But it would be very interesting to see. I think James Harden's coming down to because what he turned down a fifty million dollar a year contract just well, to be in he these was, trade talks. Well, yeah, because he wants out of Houston. I mean, Houston's a good city and all. I've had some good times down there, but no, no state tax. There's zero tax. Yeah, exactly. Tax in Houston. But he's trying to. He's is, trying to come to and, Florida. And you've now. seen it within the last couple of days. You've seen Philly obviously make their moves for Seth Curry and Danny Green, and then you've also seen Brooklyn. 
Um, they obviously have KD and Kyrie, but they've also re-signed Joe Harris to four years, $75 million. Like Both teams have made contractual moves that would indicate that they are not looking to actually make a move for James Harden at this time, even though yeah, Brooklyn Brooklyn has a lot of good young pieces too. Like they got yeah. a lot a good young core, and and I don't I don't blame Houston for like being the team that's like, hey, I want a star plus picks. Like it, I don't blame them. You should get as much like normally in superstar trades, teams that are trading the superstar don't get that same value on the dollar. So I don't blame them for trying to get it. Um, I just don't think right now based on what houston's indicated they're going to do it and they shouldn't they should really their best bet is to tell russ and harden hey we'll see you at training camp i know it's not ideal right now but there's a chance we can make this work we've they have signed christian wood they signed a couple other pieces that are valuable so they should at least try to make that run first and then come the you know normally the trade deadlines in february with the season being kind of the, the schedule being altered, I think, you know, come, you know, April, May, whenever that, that new deadline is going to be, then you could look at like trading, you know, Westbrook for John Wall or Harden for pieces in Brooklyn. Like then you could look at it. But for now, Houston's best bet is to run it back, especially if they're trying to stay under the tax because their owner is actually pretty cheap. Um, so they might as well just stay what they have for now. And then, yeah, what other rich owner isn't cheap? Well, they're, they're, the they're like, they're, guy. Really, they're really bad. Like, the Warriors and the Lakers are willing to go over the tax, and Furtada is not his business. I think he runs like hotels and stuff. His business has not been good since the co, you know, since Corona hit. So he's been in a situation where they haven't been spending as much money. Although I think they did a little bit better this off than normally. But you know, it, it, like you said, it, it, most rich owners are get their money. So it, it's going to be interesting. The, I, I don't think Houston is done. Whatever they do or don't do in the next couple of days or weeks. I don't think they're done. You know, we will, we will have to keep a constant eye on them throughout the next couple of months. Also, I got to mention, OB Toppin's coming to New York, baby. Dunk City. This is going to be the dunk capital of the world. All right? <laughs> We're going to have three, like, all-star dunkers on our squad now. Forget about shooting. That, We're just that's a good. That's a ball. good pick. I know a lot. I know Stephen A. Smith was really frustrated about it, and I know a lot of Knicks fans were. Because we can just get a guard play in 2021. We're good. We're going to be back yeah. in the lottery. Yeah. We're going to have look, all like, the money in the world. Right. And and Halliburton would have been a great pick for them. I thought I think Halliburton's one of the best, if not the best player in the draft. But the fact that they released Bobby Fortis, they released, um, I think, uh, not Julius Randle, but who's the other guy? They released like one of the biggest. Well, like, they Taj Gibson. Gibson. Yeah, they, they got rid of, like, enough power. Like, everyone's frustrated about that, but they got rid of two of those three. So now you have Obi Toppin and Julius Randle. Toppin is a guy who shot over 60% from the field last year. He could shoot the three ball. He's he the player of the year. Score. Exactly. He's, like, he's a very good player. He's a New York guy. Like, it, it's a win on all fronts because he's going to sell tickets for them. He's going to, you know, have the ownership happy. He's going to have the team playing. I'm not saying... I'm not saying they're gonna be excellent. <laughs> James gonna, Dolan gonna is going to be, be happy. They, sure, they will be. They will be better than they were without him. So I, I think it's a good move for them. I know. I know. Again, I know Stephen A. and a lot of those guys give him a lot of slack, but I, I still think that was a very good draft pick for them. And their future is—I don't want to say bright, but it's—it's it's looking better than it was yesterday. Hey, I'll just throw this out there: Tom Thibodeau's coaching now. We could get Jimmy Butler in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be going hey. to be topping in New York, son. Oh, yes. We got Obi and we got Jimmy. That's going to be the one-two connection. Jimmy's not leaving Miami. Come on. Yeah, you're probably right. But, like, Steve, Tom Thibodeau's Steve. his guy, though. He loves Tommy. Mm. Tommy's I, coming down I to Miami, then. I promise you, Jimmy's not leaving. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's too good down here. 
It is, but he's got to get. Did he get a haircut yet, man? That guy was just having hair growing all he, over his face. Hey, just the other day, he got a haircut. It was his barber, and it was it was on YouTube, and he had like a million views. It was it was a good time. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be interesting. We're obviously not going to be done. I feel like we're going to have one big move that's going to happen between mm-hmm. now and uh, December. What is it? December twenty second, right? They're not doing the Christmas special. <laughs> They're looking, yeah, they're looking for, the tw- so Christmas is a Friday, which is the 25th, and then they're looking to do, they're looking to start that Tuesday, which would be the 22nd, and nor- yeah. normally how they start is two NBA games, they do an 8 or 8.30, and then a 10, 10.30 game, so the, they'll do that that Tuesday, they'll do two or three games on Thursday, and then Christmas being a Friday, generally they've done five Christmas Day games, which basically one every two hours, so 12. 2.35, 8.30, and 10.30, or something of that variation. Um, I don't think they're going to deviate too much from that this year. But, yeah, we're, we're essentially like a month out from games starting. It's, it's going to be very interesting to say who they put first. I have a feeling – I have a strong feeling like opening night is going to be like Bucks Sixers, and then it's going to be like Lakers-Warriors. But I also have a strong feeling that like LeBron and or – it's going to be one of the other, LeBron – and or AD may not play in that first night. It's going to be like a fun opening evening, but at the same time, not the most fulfilling because I think that the Lakers still need to like take time and recover. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously we'll find out more information as we get closer last, to our date. Last thing about the NBA. Are we going to see um, LeVar Ball versus Michael Jordan now since uh, LaMelo's on the Hornets and Michael <laughs> Jordan's the owner? I mean, we're going to see that one-on-one matchup now, right? MJ, like... <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but MJ is his playing weight is 216 pounds. So that's like a known fact that he always tries to stay at that weight because that's his playing weight. He's very close to that right now. MJ would beat Lavar if they played one on one to eleven. I think he'd beat him like eleven to three. I think it would be pretty fun. Lavar awesome. scores points. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm I feel like I'm just trying to be nice to Lavar. Um, I saw clips be- of Lavar on Twitter, and oh, they were good. not good. Um, no, I, I mean, I don't think that. I think, I, I think I, Ant but, could beat LeVar to be honest uh, with you. Whoa, 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 the the, whoa, whoa, the whoa, NBA whoa. is a, you know, the NBA is a league full. I already of played him. Already did beat him. <laughs> <laughs> the NBA is full of conspiracies, such as like MJ getting suspended, versus like retiring. And I firmly believe that the NBA reached out to LeVar a couple years ago when he was doing all his hooting and hollering about Lamel or, um, uh, what's his name? Lonzo. Lonzo. And he was, yeah. He was very hooting and hollering. And I, I firmly believe the NBA reached out and said, hey, you better tone it down or else. So that's why he's been kind of quiet. And I, I think it'll be the same thing. I think it'll be pretty quiet. He knows kind of better than to raise his voice. And again, if he actually did, MJ is the one owner who'd be like, hey, let, like, let's check ball. Let's play. But I don't, I don't think we're going to see that. I think it, it's going to be a – while LaMelo may not be super quiet in his tenure with the Hornets, I think that LeVar will. And, you know, you're going to see a Hornets team. They're probably only going to win, I don't know, 25 to 32 games a year. But it, it's going to be all LaMelo, Gordon Hayward, Rozier, all those guys. I think I think LeVar is going to be pretty quiet. I don't know how Bleacher Report doesn't reach out to MJ and is like, hey, we, we did this with Tiger and Phil. We can definitely do it with uh, you. Got- <laughs> Even though they're Bleacher, you got to know somebody to get there. <laughs> hey, man, it, I'm, I'm leaving it on the table. <laughs> but anyway, let's go to the college football quick. Um, kind of a timid week, but we had some exciting games. Ohio State ended up beating Indiana 42-35. They were up by 
28 at one point, but Indiana came back resiliently. Uh, Liberty lost on the block field goal. Florida dominated. We got the opening playoffs coming up. So this is this was a very important week. Northwestern beat Wisconsin. Cincinnati beat UCF. I can't believe they didn't punch it in to cover that spread. I hate them for that. Uh, Oklahoma beating uh, Oklahoma State as usual. USC beating Utah. We got the rankings coming out tomorrow, and then we're going to have our CFP 100 drop on Tuesday. But, Ant, your initial thoughts on this previous week. Ohio State pissed me off, but Oregon pissed me off even more. I cannot even stand to watch Oregon special teams. Anytime they get the field goal unit out there, it's an automatic miss. I Seems mean, like they're missing Amfratini on the sidelines to motivate him, right? Yeah, I don't know why this – I don't understand. I just – I don't know. It frustrates me so much because I know the potential of this Oregon Ducks team. Literally worked with them before in January and February and March until the virus hit, and they are just absolute workhorses in the weight room. And then you get to the, the field, and they're 3-0. Yes, they're 3-0. But, I mean – this UCL um, running back Felton is an absolute stud. I mean, he he is a real athlete. This kid was running all over Oregon a bit, giving him some trouble on the defense there. That defense needs to tighten up a bit. And uh, yeah, they need it. They this Oregon Ducks team needs to play a play, uh, play a lot better ball on defense, on offense, and on special teams overall. So I guess that goes to show that there's not really a, a true correlation between weight room performance and on field performance to a certain as to a certain level, I guess. But um, I have faith that they're going to pick it back up. Going to Ohio state. I knew that um, I didn't think really that Indiana was going to, um, I, it was going to be this close of a game. I really thought Ohio state was going to at least pull by 20 points easily being the number third team in the country. And Justin Fields didn't play good at all. He, I mean, he had 300 yards, but he had three interceptions. The guy really, I think, may, maybe threw one interception last year throughout his whole season. You'd think he'd be, be be getting better as the years go on, and he threw three against Indiana, and they took advantage of that, and there is a lot of hands in this game, a lot of defense, offensive pass interference that could have went either way, um, but unfortunately got against Ohio State, and then Indiana was, to, uh, was able to blow up with uh, Fruit, Fry, how do you say Fry Fogel? Ty Fry Fogel. Fry Fogel. Stop. So great receiver. They were able to light it up with him. Um, and it really gave Ohio State problems. And that secondary just really needs to shape up, man. It's been a it's been a couple years that they've been struggling in that secondary. And you've had they've had Malik Hooker, they've had Damon Arnett, they've had Sean Wade. Like they have the great players, but for some reason, they're just giving them so much room. Indiana just kept on just throwing those 10-yard 10, 10 curls or whatever, 10-yard and out, and they're just gaining yards, yards after yards after yards. And, Wes, you said it best, and I hate to admit it as well because it sucks, but there is no defense in college football at times, and it, that's why we see these 50-, 60-point games. And it's cool to watch for a couple games, but you want to see a game where you're like not going to constantly move the ball up the field or like the defense is going to make a big stop or run the ball back the other way or whatever it is. Um, but going back to the Ohio State game, um, Tom Allen is the real deal. He was the coach there at Indiana in 2016, but he's 
like on fire this year. I saw a speech that he was giving, um, saw a speech that he gave on Saturday yesterday after the game. How how proud he was. Yeah. Yeah. And dude, that is what a coach is. Like the energy that you bring is very important for kids through the ages of 18 to 21, especially. It's important for a lot of people. A lot of people need that because they struggle with whatever it is. But for an 18 to 21 year old kid to, to see that energy from a guy like that is highly contagious and it will motivate and inspire them to do the impossible. And I mean, look at this team going from a, you know, an awful team to a four and one ranked number nine. So, I mean, Ohio State disappointed me, but a win is a win. And um, moving on with that, Coastal Carolina, baby, 8-0, BYU. Wait, Jordan, Jordan who, well, do you have a college football team? Um, College football, no, I don't really have, like, a full team. Um, It's more just about, like, who I How think. How can you not pick Bloomsburg, dude, first of all? I mean, Come yeah, on. obviously, like, you know, go Huskies and everything. <laughs> no, Bloomsburg. I, I was, I was a big I was I was a big Reggie Bush fan back in the day, um, but obviously that situation was obviously unique. Um, but now nah, to me, it's like you know whoever I, I like to see same thing with basketball, college football and college basketball. I'd see programs that are getting guys ready for the pros because that's the end game, right? It's, it's about getting these guys to the professional level, getting them paid, getting them ready to be in a position to succeed as you know national level players. So yeah. I, I'm more focused on those programs. Like in basketball, it's Kentucky, right? Coach Cal gets those guys ready to go to the pros better than – So Jordan's basically saying he's an Alabama fan, just not saying he's – No, a yeah. I'm not rooting for Alabama every week, but like I respect <laughs> But I I respect the job that Nick Saban that um, Ed Orgeron do like I respect like the SEC a lot because they definitely get guys more ready to play games than the NFL. So you, you have to give credit where credit is due in that regard. But mm-hmm. I don't have a specific team. Okay, I won't talk too much about the college football because we we'll, we do that for the CFP 100. But um, a lot of ups and downs still. It just proves to me BYU is the real deal. Northwestern shocked me a bit by beating Wisconsin. It wasn't by a lot. Alabama steamroll, Kentucky. I mean, just bloom out of the water. Mm-hmm. And um, Georgia won their game against Mississippi State. Still questionable team. Oklahoma had a hell of a game. Um, Hudson must have been pumped Our boy about was that. at that game. Yeah, must have been pumped about that game. But my two big games here were obviously Ohio State and Oregon. And like I said, Ohio State disappointed me. A bit, or I'd say Oregon disappointed me a lot more than Ohio State did because I knew Ohio State was oh, – I keep saying that. Not knew they were going to struggle. I thought they were going to win by at least 20. But at the same time, Indiana, I guess, proved proved me wrong pretty much. But yeah. Oregon just played very sloppy and very disappointed by them. But um, overall, it's it's a win in both their books. Indiana didn't get the win, but I'm proud of that. I was on the Hoosiers bandwagon. I still am. Of course I think you were. You're really anti-Ohio State, boy. Come on now. I'm anti-Boohio State. It's Boohio State. Okay? What the hell's a Buckeye still? Buckeye Come on. is what? one of the famous trees. It's on one of the famous trees. The Buckeye leaf. It's like a, almost looks like a, uh, it's like a nut pretty much on the one of the trees. They're very nutty over there. But anyway, I mean, it, we're going to see tomorrow what the CFP really thinks. Or not. Yeah, by the time this is out, it'll be tomorrow. What the CFP really thinks about Cincinnati and BYU, that's going to be the storyline. Where are you going to put the group of five teams up there um, with, like, 
the top four, they're going to have a chance to get in. And I think the top four are pretty much going to be the same throughout every single poll. It's going to be Alabama, Notre Dame, uh, Ohio State, and Clemson. And until one of those teams loses or until Clemson loses twice, you know, sayonara to everyone else. Good luck. Yeah, if it's not those top four, then I don't know who else they're going to pick. And my opinion, if you want the top four right now, I'm going Notre Dame, Alabama, and then it's tough between Clemson and Ohio State. I think I'd probably put Clemson over Ohio State because I I do it by, do I think that the number one could be, uh, can the number two beat the number one? If it's no, mm-hmm. then obviously the number one goes on top, and then I just keep going down. I think Notre Dame may have the possibility of beating um, Ohio State and Clemson this year with the way things are looking right now. Um, but those would be my top four as well. But the committee, you know, the committee is just so random, and it's like they'll probably put Georgia ahead of BYU, and just because, you know, and you'll have the whole Coastal Carolina and Marshall and all them still at the bottom there. Right. Um, some ground groundwork. Uh, we have Dustin Johnson winning the Masters. Masters was very entertaining this year, especially going along with uh, college football and the NFL. Like it, it did a good job. Um, anyone have thoughts about Dustin Johnson being an absolute stud with minus twenty? Didn't catch any of it. Um, I did see he was he played a great, great, uh, great golf game with uh, finishing under twenty, which is you know very good. And uh, they did it obviously in Augusta, right? That's yeah. Unless it was like somewhere different this year, but um, yeah. I mean, Jordan, did you win any golf bets? Seven. I know you're a golf bet guy. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm an aspiring golfer, but I still think at it. Um, no, I mean it was. You know, it was very. It was obviously still in Augusta this year, but it was very different because of the fact they were playing in November, which is such as a unique thing. Normally, they play at the end of May, beginning of June, where you know the course is different, the greens are different, you know, etc. And you could tell in the the first two rounds, it was raining, it was wet, it was, the greens were soft. Guys were able. To, that's the reason why Dustin Johnson and these other guys were able to make you know minus twenty, minus fifteen. Like they were able to really get up there. The scores were, were much better than I think they normally would be. Um, whereas you saw in the last two rounds when everything started to dry up, greens got a little firmer. Guys couldn't quite take the chances that they normally could take in the first two rounds because their balls would be rolling off the green. They would be, you know, in situations that were much more difficult for them. So it was a very unique tournament. I think it was very good. Dustin Johnson obviously deserved to win. He played phenomenal, you know, all four rounds. He played, you know, he's just on top of his game. And, you know, when you're hot, you're hot. But it was a very unique set of set of circumstances um, that kind of allowed him to score as well as he did. But you know, we'll, we'll see. I think the you know, I don't think they're gonna you know have any breaks. So they should have the Masters again sometime in that early May, you know, begin or late May, beginning of June, you know, area. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the scores change from now until then. Tiger had a terrible twelfth hole on the final day too. That was another. Uh... He hit the water three times on that hole. He was which, uh, he was he was the human golfer for three for a three <laughs> shot. That, that's hey, incredible. you gotta join the club at some time, right? Exactly. He, he, yeah, he earned it, but yeah, it was just a bad hole for him. But yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I imagine we'll see much better from him. Though. I could probably do better. Actually, that's kidding. I, I probably hit that water seven <laughs> times. <laughs> no way. <laughs> you, you and you saw you saw with a couple of guys too who were like they are normally much better than they showed. And I remember watching some guys who like they hit shots and I was like, that's what I would do. Like that's <laughs> yeah. Right. 
and slice the hell out of that thing with the the softness of the course the rain the weather etc it it caused different you know it it made players play a little differently than they probably normally would have but it was definitely you know i mean obviously this whole year has been in flux since you know we've had this pandemic so it's a very different type of system but hopefully you know as we get into the spring and stuff we'll be back to a normal schedule still waiting on brooks to get that yeah still waiting on brooks to get his green jacket that's gotta happen really soon Probably he's uh, he's too dude. He's the guy, man. All right. Other news is uh, the Marlins hiring Kim Ning as their new general manager. She's the first female and first Asian American general manager in MLB history and among sports, which was great news to hear. Hopefully, she does a better job working with uh, Jeter to revolve that Marlins team, who kind of overachieved this year in the MLB season, getting to the playoffs, winning a playoff series, and beating the Chicago Cubs who had Tom Epstein step down as the president of baseball operations. So the Cubs are kind of in flux with that whole scenario uh, situation. Hopefully they can rebound from that. And then also other news, Conor McGregor is returning to the octagon. He's got a fight in January with Dustin uh, Proyer in on the 23rd. So they have an agreement in place. I think it will be in fight Island. I don't know where Conor's stationed at, but I think it will be in fight Island. So Anything else? Anything uh, surprising? Anyone got any comments on those topics? The only thing I wanted to touch was the NHL new retro jerseys. Are oh, yeah. Sick. How about those? How about her, bud? The only one <laughs> that was really not good at all was the Islanders. They just... Just changed the color. The it navy literally blue. just their, yeah, their jerseys. <laughs> it's the same thing. And then the Red Wings look like a practice jersey. Well, that's such an iconic jersey. You can't really do much with that Red Wings logo. I understand. Yeah, I understand the history in Detroit, the hockey town. But I mean, the they should put the octopus nothing. on it. They should put the yeah, octopus that been, in Detroit. That yeah. would have been cool, actually. I honestly would have been pretty sick. Now that you said that. The Screaming Eagle is back in Washington, baby. Yeah, it's ass. Ah, come on now. It's better than the Flyers, who would just literally just cuff the uh, arm sleeve. That's all they did. The Flyers is, uh, I mean, they should have went black. I think I like, honestly, I love their orange jerseys. I think they're great. My favorite ones is probably, I really like the, uh, the stars look sick. And I also like the ducks. I like the old school ducks. Yeah. Jordan, do you have a favorite one? I know you're somewhat of a hockey guy. I'm not like fully, I'm not quite as connected to hockey as you guys are, but old school mighty ducks is still like, to oh, me, yeah. that just brings back like the nostalgia of like the Mighty Ducks movies. So to mm-hmm. me, that's what I get really excited. Um, that's what got me. Yeah, and, and I'm, like, I'm not saying that they are the quote unquote best. Like, I mean, everything get, I guess gets ranked now. Personally, for me, I enjoyed those the most just because of mm-hmm. the nostalgia it brings back. And you know, it, it that that's cool. Like the NHL and the NBA is doing that thing where they try to bring back these older style jerseys to really to, to obviously sell merchandise, but bring back those memories for the, the, the older people like ourselves who are unfortunately now in their mid twenties, but you know, they're, they're trying to bring back those old style jerseys for us. Cause you know, we appreciate them more than everybody else. You know what made me laugh Wes? The, uh, the Vegas Knights retro Jersey. What is that? Yeah, it was weird. I don't know. <laughs> There's no retro for that. Yeah. Your new it was like, there, bud. <laughs> you got many more years to play. What they could have done a they could have done a Thrashers one right? Yeah, oh, no, that's, that's Winnipeg. But that is yeah, or no Atlanta, which they switched to Winnipeg, which is really yeah. weird. They could have done that. 
I mean, the Minnesota North Stars like um, little connection is pretty cool too. The Nordiques with the Colorado is great Nordiques. too. Yep. It's gonna be cool to see some of those on the ice, but yeah, um, I'm excited. Yeah, we, we, the we Islanders haven't... one is just so funny to see Islanders fans being like, "This is the same. best you can come up with." No fishermen? What the hell? It's the same thing. <laughs> Billy Lewis was tweeting about that a lot. It was like, "Yeah, We'd... what the hell? Yeah, we'd be having dude. hockey right now <laughs> in the fall. I mean, when is hockey coming back? January? There's not going to be no season this year. I don't think. You sure about that? I mean, they have to have a season. It's kind of hard oh, with the man. NHL because, like, they have so many positive. Canadian teams. I'm almost positive there's going to be no season, dude. The NHL does not screw around. Like, they're they're really just really straight to straight to it. It's just when they want to. I feel get like they'll lose a lot playoffs, of money doing that, though. I don't think they honestly care. Yeah, right. They haven't cared in the past, so why would they? Like they've locked out a whole season in 05. True. So. They were Why like, you want to lock out? out? Let's do it. Yeah, they don't give a shit. I mean, look at that. You're off for everybody. Yeah. I So I really don't think it's coming back. <laughs> All right. Final thought. Jordan, we're not looking too hot right now. It's 17 14. Okay. Yeah. I'm, or, I'm trying, sorry, I'm trying Vegas. About it. I had the Chiefs, you know, it's minus seven and a half. I, I mean, the only thing I can trust is that. The Chiefs are going to get together. If they can get a field goal before the half to at least make it a tie game, then you just need, you know, a touchdown and a field goal to start the second half. But yeah, just win well, by 10. Yeah. Yeah. Just any, literally, I mean, you know, any, anything over the seven and a half, please. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, it was a good time. I appreciate you obviously having me on, and, and we're going to have more news, you know, in the, in the coming weeks about the NBA, the NHL, the MLB, all that kind of stuff. So, oh, yeah, we'll have more. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I just want to say, I do remember, you know, for all the, the millions of fans listening out there. Wes did text me back in like September. It was like, Hey, we'll have you on when the Lakers lose in the playoffs. And uh, they, did. <laughs> they didn't. So I just want to, to point that out. Um, just I, like you said, Indiana was going to beat Ohio state. And here I am now. I, I'm not <laughs> that. So I've been thinking about that comment basically daily until the Lakers won. So just wanted to point yeah. that out there. But again, I, yeah. I do appreciate you having me on. I'm more than happy to come on and gloat about the Lakers anytime you want. He just had to jab that in there. He probably yeah. has a punching bag with my face on it. Just Jordan. Being, you picked them to lose. You picked them to lose. Don't, don't <laughs> worry, dude. Guys own 50 against us. So every prediction he makes. Hey, when I win, though, you'll hear about it, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to win one I of will. these. I know I will. I, I mean, dude, on the NFL Weekly Indiana, Drive, we've been hitting it, though. If Indiana won, I would have just told you I had a fire call for the next three weeks that I was stuck at and couldn't come home. <laughs> just so I wouldn't have to come on and talk about this. I think the guy who's the most right is Brandon with his Arizona Cardinals Super Bowl pick. I mean, that's like probably the best pick of all time on this show. It is yeah, the best pick of prob- all time. Prob- probably, yeah, absolutely. I would love to see him make the Super Bowl now because of that. Oh, we have some groundwork. Last time Jordan oh, yeah, was on, you had... You had homework of watching uh, Cars. Have you not done that yet? Me? Cars? Oh, come on. Cars is one of the best, if not the best. I'm talking about Ant. We gave him No, that's not on me. That's not on me. That was you. No, redirect the question there, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Do you have – did we do Trailerville last time? Uh, I haven't. Because NASCAR is done now. Yeah, it's done. It's done. I'm crying All right, about good. it. Trailer, Trailerville's <laughs> out of here. 
No, no I'll talk a little bit about NASCAR, though. I, one thing I want to mention, so November 8th, it was the Cup Series in Phoenix. Chase, Chase, <clears throat> Chase Elliott did win that. But, um, yeah, when so when sports, when the COVID hit and then sports was just gone, they just took it away and they're like, all right, we're done. We're not doing any. This is just over for now. NASCAR was the first sport that came back. And I'll, I'll never forget that day. It it made me feel so good that I was at home. I had Fox on or whoever was televising it. NASCAR was on. It was just the best thing ever. I was like, I have live sports. And it just, I know you guys don't give a shit because you don't care about NASCAR like me. But it felt so good. I just wanted to bring that back up, boys. I'm sorry. It felt so Michael good Jordan's going to bring back. it back on the national map now. Michael Jordan's going to get in the car. Yeah, he's got a team now with Bubba. Instead of one on one with Lavar, they should do a lap around the racetrack. See who wins he, that. Lavar and NASCAR uh, guy. Michael Jordan. He's he's honestly a big NASCAR guy. Huge NASCAR guy. Yeah. All he's right. Anything else? Man, that's why. He's a busy man. Very busy man. Anything else, guys? No, I think that's we, all I got. I think we hit it all. All right, let's wrap it up. That is all the time we have for today. Great episode. We thank you for joining us. If you have any comments about who the best team in the NHL is on the basketball court, let us know. Can Sidney Crosby drain from three from downtown? <laughs> Can he have that jumper? We don't know. So leave us a comment. Let us know what your thoughts are. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Bench Bros Sports. Follow us on Instagram at Original Bench Bros. And follow our website at BenchBrosports.com. We keep you up to date on every headline throughout the week on those pages. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and other media services. So, again, thank you for listening. Jordan, thank you for joining us again. Anything you want to take a, take another swing at me with your Lakers thing or what? How are you going to end this here? He's standing right I'm excited. there. Go ahead. I'm excited for the upcoming NBA season. I feel good about the Lakers' chances, but you know, you never know what happens. But – I appreciate you having me on, and I'm sure I'll be on uh, in the near future to talk about those. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll, ha- we'll have you back when the Knicks beat the Lakers. How's that? All right, I'll see you in 30 nah, years. No, nah, nah, one and done. <laughs> one and done. Sorry, one, one time only in here. <laughs> no, nah, nah, it was good having you on. We always like having people on that know their stuff, so anytime. If you want more content, go over to Nuts and Bolts. Jordan's got a lot of NBA talk over there, so uh, keep the brand going. Keep the good stuff going, Jordan. Don't slip up now. We're all watching. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely check over there anytime you want. All right. That was uh, Jordan Viskowskis. That was Brandon Farrell. That was Anthony Fertini. I'm Wesley Splain. We'll see you next time on Bench Bros. That's the show. We're out of here.